I'm Edward Norton. No, not that one, the other one, and I love pies. No, not that kind, the other kind. Hermes is an old-school forum packed full of friendly people who occasionally give out a slice of pie. You'll never forget your first slice of pie. It made me feel so good. I had to buy a whole pie so I could share the love. Oh, and there's apples too. Sign up at permies.com to join in the world of homesteading and permaculture, and you too might get a slice of pie. All right, it's counting down. We're going to have lunch in a little bit, but we'll squeeze in a little bit of podcasty stuff. Now, Elliot, um, I, I went and I looked at your place. Uh, what was that, like two years ago, three years ago? Uh, closer to three years ago now. Yeah. Okay, three years ago. And uh, and then uh, we, I recorded a podcast about my visit like the very next day. And, uh, and you were excluded from that podcast. I was not available, and yet the uh, the wife, Dr. Julia, was, and so the two of you got to sit down and chat all about it. Okay. And then it was sort of misnamed Julia's Farm as the podcast, but, you know, I get over it. Are you are you really getting over it? I sense a little jelly here. There's a little jelly. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> okay. So... And then you made a list of things to kind of cover in talking about. So, um, how, way too many things. I maybe mean, a, a little reminder: how many acres and Oregon and things. Yeah. Like that. So in 2017, I bought uh, 40 acres um, outside of Oregon City, which is basically outside of Portland. So, um, and it's a mix of uh, basically 20 acres of standing conifers, um, mostly conifers, and some pasture and two residents and roughly two acres of um, orchard in desperate need of attention. Yeah. I mean, in that general vicinity, when you have, I'm going to just say an apple tree, leave out, I'm going to leave out the evil concept of the orchard entirely, but if you just have an apple tree, I mean, it tends to kind of get covered in lichens. The apple tree, the apple tree doesn't look as magnificent as an apple tree inland, but it's like apple trees kind of need cold weather to do their thing, but they, they do okay. They just kind of look different. They, yeah, the lichens, the funguses, the bugs, it's, it's like ap- not exactly the ideal apple habitat, but now you've got a bunch of apple trees. How, how are they doing? Well, there are a bunch of apple and pear, and there are some cherries sprinkled around, too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the the big thing was they had been untended for a long time. I think oh. they were also planted probably in the 1970s. Okay. And so there's a lot of what we would now consider downright useless, you know, red delicious apples. Yay. Um, I think red delicious is a perfectly great apple. It's just uh, these aren't. not popular right now. Well, these are not good apples. Oh, okay. You, you, you know, so they're... they're I don't know what the deal is, but some of them are very good. Um, they seem more like a Brayburn or something. Yeah. But um, it's it um, hits all of your buttons about what's wrong with an orchard um, yeah. in terms of it's an orchard and it's monoculturally, you know, and it's not spaced and there's nothing going on underneath, et cetera, et cetera. And the big question has been, okay, great. Well, we can go in there and we can remove a bunch of stuff and we could replace it with something else or do we just cut off things and do we graft or, you know, something like that. But then in February, we had a big ice storm. 
And that kind of solved the problem for us because it's just like a bomb went off in the orchard because it was overgrown and untended and then, as you say, covered with a lot of lichens. And so its ability to hold on to ice and moisture is huge. And um, trees came over, limbs snapped. It's just, um, it's a slaughter. Yeah. It's yeah. a slaughter. So, um, guess Sounds what? Like you got a lot of firewood out of uh, it. <laughs> you, well, man, um, the problem with an overgrown apple tree is the greatest, you know, length of a straight branch is about two inches. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to process a lot of that um, and do anything. And there's just so much of it. I mean, two acres of boom yeah. is far more wood than we can handle. I, I think I, the subtext was is you're, you're deciding to make kugel culture. Is that what I heard? Uh, no. No? No. I know. Oh, you're starting to cry, Paul. It's like, it's like <laughs> what's wrong with you? So, um, yeah. So... Um, there, an alternative, uh, plan on that one to deal with both the orchard waste as well as the, um, the other conifers that are problematic and also just as fire prevention because we've gotten scared by fire and my trees, my foresty bits are um, in desperate need of thinning. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't do it, Mother Nature's going to do it for me in the form of a fire. Yeah. And um, there's this problem of all of the slash. And well, well, first of all, there's a problem of all the ladder fuels, right? Just trimming down the branches, going through with the pole saw, taking down everything you can within 16 feet with the pole saw. Um, and what to do with all of this. And um, jumping ahead a little bit, but we had Zach Weiss out um, in midwinter. Mm-hmm. And his thought on dealing with all of the slash and so forth, and then it turns out all of the um, the ice damage, is to go on out into the pastures, mark the contours, dig trenches approximately four feet deep on contour, take all those branches, shove them in there, use the backhoe back bucket to smash them down, and make a lasagna of dirt, wood, dirt, wood, dirt, wood. So it's an upside-down hoogle, essentially. And then cover it up and say, ta-da. And um, that solves a whole bunch of problems all at once. And we do have several hoogles on the property, and I've got a big one that I was constructing, and I discovered the problem is, man, without an excavator, a big hoogle is hard, if not impossible, to build. So is a terrace. Um, well, it's about five feet high, and it's wide enough at the top for me to drive my little tractor on it. Uh-huh. But that's the limiting factor. Once it got narrow enough that the tractor can't, you can't go any higher and have the tractor drive around on top of it, well, that's as big as it's going to be. So, yeah. Um, So, so Hoogle with small backhoe tractor thing, difficult to do on that sort of a scale without a backhoe. Uh, without an excavator. Right, right, right. Is right, what I've right. discovered. Right. I I, I kind of feel like um, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, there are people, of course, that make cultures with uh, with shovels, 
you know and it's uh it's but it's a lot of work and i've yeah. the ones we have here are mostly made with uh excavator but there's a few that were done with tractor that we've got around here um i i know that there's a couple that have even been done by hand um but those tend to be smaller yeah um, yeah but there is the recipe that i advocate for where um you lay your wood uh, about three feet wide, and you uh, you put it on the ground where you want your hula culture to be, and you kind of make you know maybe maybe it's sixty feet long and three feet wide, and then you dig next to it with a shovel, yeah, and then you plop it up on top of the wood, um, and then you throw some more wood down on top of that, and then by the time you uh, have made something that's about uh, three or four feet tall, which didn't take very long. Yeah. Uh, you're standing at the bottom of a pit of sorts that goes parallel to the hookah culture where you got the dirt from, and that's like three or four feet deep. And so the three or four feet tall plus the three or four feet deep makes for something seven feet tall. It, it gives you a really nice, large growing surface to whatever direction you're aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, if, you know, south facing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Okay, so here you are at my place, mm. where, and you're staying uh, up on the lab. Yes. Now, there are some people that are staying down here in Arrakis. Mm-hmm. Now, Arrakis has a berm built around yeah. it, clearly a frost pocket. Mm-hmm. And there have been several days that our squashes up here by the house were untouched, but... There was, like, thick frost on the windshields of vehicles parked down in Arrakis. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, you know, the whole concept of the frost pocket is being clearly demonstrated here. Yeah. So uh, when you build a hugu culture, instead of, I mean, so, yeah, Zach is saying, like, don't burn that wood. That's valuable organic matter. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm saying put it into a hookah culture. Zach's saying make terraces. Well, yeah. Um, the and, and there are two sort of limiting factors for me in terms of thinking about hoogles. Um, one is that I largely want to keep a lot of this pasture as pasture. Okay. And so... Um, modifying the overall terrain of it with a lot of um, open trenches of that sort, mm-hmm. not necessarily what I want to do. The um, the other part of that is if you don't do that, well, you have to have dirt come from somewhere. And if you've already got a need to dig a hole someplace, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's either something in the way that you want to get rid of, you want to modify it, you want a hole so water will sit in it, you know, something. Well, now you have a surplus of dirt, and I, the hoogle is a great place to put that dirt going up. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. I don't have a burning need to remove dirt from anywhere. And so trying to build up above requires extra dirt. Putting it back in the ground, if anything, I end up with a little surplus of dirt because I can't quite get everything back in. It's astonishing, though. You dig out a bunch of dirt, you add a bunch of wood, you put the dirt back in, and it still seems like you get 90% of the dirt back in the hole somehow. Um, It's a a, a miracle. How about this? When you've got a bunch of different types of soils in different places. So in your pasture, which is where we're talking about, Mm. which has a horrible hawkweed problem, if I remember correctly. does okay uh if you go out there and you dig a hole 
like, I don't know, maybe 18 inches deep and 18 inches wide, yeah. what do you see? Oh, well, so the first about three to four inches, you're seeing the root structures. Mm-hmm. And that's it. The root structures of the grasses are not great. They are not deep-rooted grasses. All right. All right. Um, and you're seeing... Soil, you're clay, s- sand, you're rocks. Seeing, you're seeing two-plus inches of topsoil. Uh-huh. And then that transitions, you know, into um, a clay-ish substance. It's not full-on clay. Um, it's got a, a range of stuff in it. But it's largely... It looks like clay, um, as far as water is concerned. Probably silt. There's not much silt in it. Um, there is stone mixed into it okay. um, and some small small gravels. When we did the uh, jar tests and so forth, uh-huh. um, it was coming out as um, what Zach thought was sort of insufficient clay to be really good clay for pond building or water mm-hmm. retention, um, and yet still quite structural um, if you're not trying to hold water. So it's not got a lot of silt in it. It's hmm, it's okay. like 10% silt kind of a thing. But uh, depending upon where you dig, you end up with just, um, you know, sandy bits and even sandstone. Okay. So, yeah. And then you go into your forest and you dig a hole. Oh, my God. What a difference. It's not so much the forest because I haven't dug that many holes in the forest. Yeah. But um, there's the main driveway, which comes on up from the road to the houses. And on one side is the orchard, and on the other side is some pasture, which was cut for hay for I don't know how many years. Mm-hmm. And the difference in the soils is astounding, absolutely astounding. You know, they're only separated by 15 feet. Um, but over in the apple orchard, which has had roughly 50 years of sitting around dropping leaves and fruit and being shaded and not mined, right? Um, I've really taken to thinking of most hay operations as well as, uh, frankly, a lot of agriculture is really an extractive industry. You know, yeah, than, yeah. It, that's, it should be reclassified with mining. You know, it's right. just a different tool. Um, and so over on the hay side, it's that same deal, you know, and um, it's just a couple of inches. And what we know over there is that the water really doesn't spend much time on the surface. The water does go down. It goes down 12 to 18 inches and hits this hard pan layer. And then it goes sideways and travels around on the farm down there. Um, but you go into the orchard and you've got 12 plus inches of stuff you would call topsoil. Um, and then, you know, even down to 18 to 24 inches, it, you're not really feeling like you're in clay. Okay. It's it's astonishing. I mean, the difference um, and the whole story of soil health and adding organic matter to the soil and the processes and so forth is just writ so large there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Are you a fan of pie? Where there's pie at permies.com. This pie grants the user of secret access. You also get free things like videos of Wheaton Labs, the ability to add two thumbs up, two posts, and more. To get pie, go to permies.com forward slash pie to get the inside scoop of what pie can do for you. Again, that is permies.com forward slash pie. So, 
talking about your pasture. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking I want to add a hugel culture for a buffet of reasons of my reasons. My designs yeah. tend to be and and I also kind of think that what you need over next to your road is a giant ass berm. And, and next to yeah the main road, not the driveway, but the road. Right. Yeah, you're the road right road. next to a road, and there's the traffic there. It goes pretty fast. And it's, yeah, it's like yeah, loud. it's a major it, county road. It's only one lane each direction, but you know, it's a, they classify it as a, an important sort of trunk road, and yeah, yeah. I mean, like when you're trying to pull onto the road from your driveway, it's a little scary. It can be. Especially if it's a little wet, because the cars are just going so fast. Yeah, well, you know, because, it, yeah, they get there and and it's right because of the okay. topology that yeah everybody wants to hit the accelerator. All right, wind. What's wind like on that property? I don't remember. It's not bad. So not much. Well, you got all these trees. There are a lot of trees. The 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 property is a long rectangle, so it's 40 acres, which would normally be um, laid out as a quarter mile by a quarter mile. Okay. Um, this is an eighth of a mile by a half a mile. Okay. And so the eighth of a mile side of it more or less faces the predominant wind. And so then roughly a quarter of the property is kind of at the top on a plateau. Mm-hmm. And then it drops down. Once you drop down, the wind really diminishes as a force. Um, and so there is wind up at the top. That's where the people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but not not a big deal elsewhere. Okay. So um, the big berm that you speak of and some hoogles and so forth up at the top, hmm. in terms of uh, wind insulation, yes. Yes, absolutely a thing. Once you drop down, not as much of an issue. Okay. All right. All right. Um are you seeing like when you want to do not hugel culture on a place yeah you're like oh i like the pasture aesthetic i like the look of pasture which hugel culture would uh, no foul no 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 it's not that well there's part of that and i'm not quite sure how to graze animals on hugels um, and there's the future potential for, you know, do you need to run a mower through to, as they say, in air quotes, you know, clip the grass, which is a way to cut off budding seed heads to discourage the grass from going to seed and keep it growing as useful edible grasses for a longer period of time. Um, I don't know yet. I mean, this is still kind of a thing. What I have thought, though, is that hoogles work better intensively, more intensively, as more of a garden yeah. sort of a thing. True. And, you know, if I've got 15 acres of pasture with, I don't know, let's say a quarter mile to a half mile horizontal runs, all told, of hoogles, mm-hmm. oh my God, I mean, that's a full-time job. Yep. Tending that, weeding that, having the other plants in there. Because I don't want to do hoogles and then just say, ha, put grass on it. That does that seems counterproductive. Um, and maybe if I came up with other browse that animals would be happy about, they could go in there. Mm-hmm. So for right now, it's largely an issue of my hair's on fire. I've got the stuff. I have to do something with it. Right. And the idea of creating a system that requires further inputs mm-hmm. is not 
not desirable. I would much rather put it in the ground, put some grass seed over it, and then go do something else right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So um, I, I'm i going to say that, uh, I mean, step one seems to me that you need to, you need to put a berm in next to the road. Yeah. And um, for a bunch of different reasons. Oh. And you could make it quite hoogly because yeah. you got a lot of woody bits to get rid of right oh now. Gosh. And so it's kind of so, so I can see the idea of like, all right, I'm going to I want to put a berm in here. I'm going to put a 15 foot tall berm in. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to start by laying out a, a 10 foot path full of woody bits. And then I'm going to leave enough path on either side of this so that I could go in with I want to just make up a number a 32 ton excavator that I rented for a week and I'm going to make this hugel culture really fast yeah and um yeah. just to, and it's you know to be a 15 foot tall berm right. that's hoogly right. and it's like okay so now it exists and I would suggest in that instance that as you say hoogly I think that's right because it's not going to be built necessarily with that same level of care um on a smaller one where you really pack the dirt in around the wood and so forth and this one you're kind of hoping that a lot of force does it and in the end the wood is pretty deeply buried perhaps underneath all the soil and then we're going to come back in and we're going to do a food forest there yeah you know and so it's yeah. it's like we got this big berm with a big food forest going on it problem solved got rid of a whole bunch of wood and um i i kind of deleted that road to some degree yeah and uh so now my sanctuary is more sanctuary-esque yes okay yeah so uh uh next up is going to be because uh, it's there's there's this pasture right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've also got near the there's there's a primary dwelling and a secondary dwelling. Yes. And near the primary dwelling, I seem to recall a flat garden. Yes. Okay. His um, tenants built um, sure. one kind of at the top of the property there. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to suggest. A hugel culture there. I mean, you know, for all the reasons, because you're, yeah. you know, along the lines of what you said, when you have a hugel culture, you're going to go in and you're going to plant your garden plants. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily, uh, uh, grazing material for cattle. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, mm, fair, 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 fair. And what I want to do, Therefore, what I want you to do is that um, so you got you, you got something that's maybe seven feet tall and forty feet long. Yeah, and and you built it through magic, however it got built, but um, it needs some care to kind of get to full hoogly powers. Yeah. So the first year you're going to water it like the rest of the garden. The second year you water it half as much, and the third year and beyond you don't need to really water it. Yeah. Then what I want to have happen is to have you go, hmm, well, we've got the flat garden there, and we've got the hugel gar culture garden over here. Which do I like better? Well, you're going to be happy to hear that right off of the deck that we sat on over there, going mm -hmm. out, is where we have dug what was maybe going to be a pond, but I'm thinking is really more of a rain garden at okay. this point. Right. And that's where we took the dirt and excavated it out um, and built a hugel. 
Yep. Um, and so it is not part of that flat garden that you're referring to. It's actually closer to the house and the residence. Mm-hmm. And um, it is largely, if not entirely, I would say, on a... Um, east-west line so um it has basically a huge amount of southern exposure okay um and it's tucked um close to a douglas fir so it's going to provide some interesting options of shade and so forth on the backside. and that and ph variations as you always get whenever you're near a conifer right. and then also we built it with several different types of wood um, yeah. Which are in there, so right. I, don't, I mean, who knows? But there, there's variety in there for for the critters, All right. um, and this is going to work pretty nicely because I think the rain garden is essentially going to help water this thing and soak it in the winter as well. Okay, um, and um, there's a little path just barely between the two, okay. and um, and then that water can wander off and do other things in the pastures. So yeah, so there's a there's a significant hoogle there. It needs to be planted. That's a that's a goal for this fall. Right, right. And if you and don't, I nature have, will, and you might not like nature's choices. Yeah, um, and I have the the same idea as you that I'm not a big fan of the flat garden because um, although the soil isn't great. The the folks who were there just insisted that it needed to be tilled, um, and you know turn it all over, and then they built little moundy bits, little rows in it with little footpaths in between. But um, you know now they're gone, and I have to say this summer that soil looks worse than it was before. Yeah. Um, and it's hard and cracked and uh, not, it, it doesn't look like it has been improved in two years. Now, maybe it has, but um, I know one of your points is when you till, you're losing carbon. Yeah. And um, every time you till, you lose 30%, 30% of your organic matter. Yeah, which it seems like. A good rule of thumb. I'm sure that there's more of a curve to that based upon the amount of carbon that's in the soil and temperatures and things. But, you know, because if you're at zero, you can't lose 30% of zero. That's but, true. Um, regardless, um, it, it does not seem to have advanced and, and moved forward. And um, a hoogle is hopefully going to require, well, it will require less water. We know that. We've got another hoogle on the property that we built within months of moving in, mm-hmm. and it's not big. It, you scoffed at it. Julia was like, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, behold the hoogle. And you're like, what is this little ant mound? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is small <laughs> pathetic. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's only three and a half feet tall or, or something right. but you know it was built with oh hey there's some scrap and let's do this and that and it was a quick little thing mm-hmm. but um, there were sunflowers in that thing yeah. and the sunflowers on that one even though they're not as well placed uh, for the sun mm-hmm. versus ones that were put over there in a field mm-hmm. which were um, also watered and had better sun were not as tall and the heads were not as large. Okay. So right. it's like, the who was working? Some kind of magic is happening. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. Sure. I'm going to say uh, 
uh, like you, you, you build another hugo culture that is 40 feet long and um, 7 feet tall, um, yeah. um, you know, imagination, and then you treat it well the first uh, two years, and then on the third year, um, you know, hopefully it grows a garden without needing any irrigation whatsoever. Yeah. And then um, the flavor of the food that comes off of it is fantastic, and and the rest of yeah. your garden is so much more work and so much that, that, that you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, you know what I'd like to have? I'd like to have some more of this hugo culture. And that no. from that point on, Perhaps each year you build a new hugel culture that's like seven feet tall and forty feet long and a yeah, different location. Yeah. And granted, yeah. it's like you got forty acres. It's not like you're going to fill the forty acres with hugel culture in one year. It's more like no. it's going to your garden, your your zone one and zone two will grow with each passing year. Yeah. Um, well, one of your comments before in the Julius Farm series, which was three whole episodes, was um, your your observation that you want gardeners on property, not farmers of, of that sort, right? I, maybe it's not, not farmers, but, but the role of gardeners and having many people with their own intensively managed patch, as opposed to seeing it as one large unit that has to be done. That is, that is, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, yeah. and, and, I, I, and I, a preference. And I've completely come to that idea as okay. well. Right. Um, sort of it in parallel with you at the same time, slightly different route, but the okay. same thing. Right. And um, and part of that is even in as far as I can tell, in the biodynamic circles, in the organic farming circles, in the, oh, we have to do regenerative, better soil health circles. But if you add that word commercial, we have to sell, we have to produce a product, etc. It's almost impossible to get people to not till. Um, they just, they want to do it. They've got to do it now. They've got to have a, something right. that gets out there. The moment there's a, a, a hint of panic... Then it's like fuck it. We're gonna bring in the herbicides and we're gonna till well, the fuck out of everything. Not, and we're gonna use a tractor. But yeah, we're using the because tractor. we're using the tractor. Everything has to be fucking flat because that's the only way the tractor can get in there. One of my neighbors has an organic farm, certified organic. They're they're quite effective, quite successful at this. Um, but they had some sort of, uh, I don't know if it was an insect or a, um, a nematode. It was some little thing in the soil that would like eat roots of plants. Yeah. And they're like, oh, so the only thing to do is till and till and till and till and just till that land until the little buggies were gone. And you have cement. Um, Perhaps, yeah. but dirt, but, not soil. But it's still, you know, things have to be tilled, and it's this. It's a, and of course, they have a mortgage to pay. They can't do things and wait five years or something for them to be really productive. Sure. They just don't have that luxury. And I've got tenants that I'm asking to do a lot of this. Why am I not doing it? Well, because we live in town, not on the farm, for various reasons. Um, and um, and I like to sleep in. I'm not a farmer, <laughs> you know? Um, and I have other things I'm doing. Um, but, um, so, 
you know, it's easy for me to say, no, I want to build a Hugo culture, and in three years it's going to be better. Right? Mm-hmm. It's really hard for somebody no, I, to show I think up and do that. You're uh, going to treat tenant. it like a regular garden the first two years, so it's a productive garden the yeah. first two years, but you have to irrigate it the first two right. years. Well, it, it's an investment. You, it's an investment but, of time and energy. Okay, fine. And, yeah. um, and it's just harder for other people to conceive of. Um. Yeah. Okay. I. I'm. I'm with you so far. I mean. <clears throat> I. I mean. First of all, I kind of feel like you know once you got to get that crop, in order to pay the mortgage. Now you've. Now you're doing it. It's rather than doing it because it's a joy in your life and, and going the girt yeah. path. Yes, yeah, right. You're far away from girt. Giving giving yeah. a gift to your future self. It's like. Okay, uh, doing the yeah. math here. Got to pay the mortgage. What have I got here? I wanna, here's what I want to do. I want to rape Mother Nature as much as possible to maximize my income, yeah. which yeah. is the opposite of why I got into this in the first place. Well, it's certainly the opposite of why I got into it. You know, I didn't get into this because I wanted to drive a tractor around and plow. And I drive down Highway 5 in the Willamette Valley, and they just seem to enjoy all summer long driving these plows around, yep. basically converting their pasture into dust, which blows away. I, yep. I don't get it. No, I, I don't get it either. And I and I kind of feel like um, uh, when I put in a hugel culture, and in Oregon... I mean, your growing season is longer than it is here, but not that much longer. Um, but I kind of feel like, okay, one thing I want to do is yeah. I want to mitigate frost. I want to extend the growing season. And a great way to do that is with a raised bed garden. Well, and it and, turns and out that I want the, to extend the, the water season um, because we don't get rain in the summer. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is one of the big issues I have with with pasture. And so um, adding all of that material um, deep down as a potential sponge is very exciting, whether it's in a hoogle or in a trench in the pasture. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of believe that with hoogle culture placed correctly, I'm going to mitigate frost in a couple of different ways. You know, I'm going to make it so that I'm I'm going to hopefully possibly eliminate some frost pockets. I'm going to make it so that um, my growing stuff is up out of the frost if I get hit by frost. Yeah. So that um, I might possibly be able to add a couple of weeks on either end of the growing season. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that are thirstier will hopefully get their roots down towards the base of the hugo yeah. culture where it's wetter yeah and uh, the things that can tolerate the dry will be up taller the other thing is is that i'm going to uh impede the wind even though there might not be a whole lot i'm going to impede it a little bit more because there is some oh you have a little there there is wind absolutely mm-hmm. it's just we're, you know i'm not on the plains of north dakota Absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. Right. I mean, what? The, the, there, the wind is a wind. Yeah, you know, you've got to really worry about tying down things. Nobody stands up straight. They all gotta lean, lean in. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, but if I can mitigate the wind, then uh, the wind is going to be desiccating. So it's going to, when we have that two or three months of no rain, then um, any bit of wind is going to dry things out even more. Um, yeah, I think the, for my desiccation problem in the summers, I need to pay more attention to shade 
okay. than wind in my pastures. So I'm I'm kind of feeling like okay. What I want to do is rather than like, you know, apparently what you started with is like, let's turn the whole property into hugelkultur overnight. I'm kind of advocating. Oh, like, well, I'm at I'm, I'm advocating yeah. that you're going to grow a garden, love the garden, make the garden bigger every year. And so the garden's going to get bigger and bigger, and bigger. And I think that you're going to have greater success on a hugel culture than anything that's flat, even if you take a bunch of wood and you work it into the soil and leave it flat. Or, or even the terrace strategy. I think that yeah. there are advantages to terraces, and there's things that you can do that are fun and cool and awesome. But I, I feel like for cold, colder climates, and you're still in a colder climate. It's warmer than here, yeah. but it's still a cold climate. You still get plenty of frost. Your your winter temperatures probably uh, touch the single digits every, well, some winters. It touches the single digits. Some winters, it doesn't quite. Um, boy. I'm guessing. We, we, we have definitely gotten below 20. I don't think we've gotten to single digits. Okay. I don't know right. that that's happening. All right. Good to um, know. Historically speaking, it may have, but in the All slightly right. warmer world that we live in, that would be a very much an outlier event. Fair of enough. course, then again, we had Fair temperatures enough. of 116 okay. this summer. Oh, my God. All right. Uh... I need to put a cork in this right yeah, now. Yeah, we do. We're going to go eat the lunch Ooh. that the cook is providing us. Yay, food. And then after lunch, uh, we're probably gonna, I'm probably going to do rounds uh, with all of the builds going on. Yeah, well, and I'm going to go check in on my uh, solar dehydrator project. Well, mine. I'm getting my, my assistance, my role, my bits. Uh, and then this afternoon, we will attempt to pick up where we left off on this conversation. Cool. Let's all do right? that. Okay. Uh, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to forums at permies.com, where we talk about how Hugo culture is the best and homesteading and permaculture all, all the, the time. time in a world on the brink of social collapse one website stands above the rest to fight back the zombie horde of corporate trolls permies.com take back control of your destiny and protect your loved ones from the toxic gick coming at you from all directions strap on your overalls and start building that bunker of abundance with the good vibes and friendly helpful insight found at permies.com